welcome everybody to Beer and Banter episode two. Uh, we'd like to welcome you and also welcome our two other speakers. Uh, Fardy, first time with us, and Jeff, the second time you and me is on it. And then, yeah, Fardy, you can introduce yourself to the listeners. <clears throat> yes, so, you know, it's Fardy here. It's good to, good to be on Beer and Banter for the second episode. Um, wasn't available for the first one. So yeah, like on this show, you know, we're just going to be talking some uh, some football, some cricket, some rugby, uh, and uh, what's the Afrikaans? Uh, Biki Khalbrak. Uh, so yeah, now I'm just looking to chat some proper shit on this channel, hey? So yeah, yeah thanks for having me. Zach. Awesome. Jeff, how's things by you, brother? Yeah, no, I'm all right. I'm all right, Andreas. Nice to nice to be here in the uh, on the second episode here. Um, I feel like uh, Fadi is going to bring a new perspective and it's, it's good to have uh, a new voice here. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, having chatted to him, I, I know he has a wealth of uh, knowledge and expertise to share with us tonight. Yeah, he's the, the first Chelsea fan I talked to that gets upset by the by how cock United has become. <laughs> yeah, I know when you're yeah. a football fan and you see you see the general decline of a big team. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's it's shocking now. You know, Jeff, um, I was watching the game of Andreas. What when was it? Last Sunday. Uh, yes, Early, Monday morning. Monday morning. Yeah, Sunday for everybody else. And, you know, obviously the game started off decently. You know, I think Fernandez had a, had a quick Since chance people... in the third minute. And then, you know, obviously this whole thing just came apart. You know, and I was telling him as a neutral, you know what? I like I like to see it. Like, I'm not a main fan. You know, I'm, I'm not keen on them. But as a neutral, as a neutral supporter, to see, you know, the once proud Manchester United team, you know, get smashed by a... By a Liverpool team that's good, maybe not going to set the world on fire, no? Yeah, you know, look, Jordan Henderson isn't a world class midfielder. The English media can punch him up, you know, to the sky. Jordan Henderson yeah. can pass to the side, and yeah, sometimes <laughs> he's decent, but you know, maybe that's a Chelsea bias coming through. But Henderson should not be giving you that much problem. But now, I think one thing that I've seen that I've been thinking about this United team. My question to Andreas, which is a, uh, which is our um, uh, region, not regent, uh, which is our Manchester United fan here. The resident. Resident, yes, that's yeah. the word. <laughs> so, my question is, what's going on? I just like I've gone through the uh, through the last few years, like I also said in the introduction of the episode that. We'll talk about why we've gone from the kings of England, if I can put it like that, a few years ago, quite a few years ago, to like the whooping boys of the top six. I, if you look at what we've done in transfer windows, except this current one that we've gone or the past one that we've gone through, I mean, who have we really signed that's come in and made a difference? I you think you at, have to. Yeah, sorry. You look at Fernand, Fernandez is one of them. And I would say Aaron Wan-Bissaka, but he's not your your modern-day right-back that can cross the ball like Trent Alexander-Arnold. So we're lacking that, especially playing with a uh, target man up front. You don't have the guys to put in the balls. Luke Shaw last season, he put in a lot of balls. He, we got a lot of goals from it. But it seems like he, him, as well as Maguire, played to be in the England squad for the Euros. And now they've just let everything gone back to what they were before the Euros. 
And then you look at, for me, the personal problem now at United is, I think the dressing room is lost. Uh, Oli, and he has no idea how to get it back. Um, although I've seen like in the media, it could be just the media post that Ronaldo is backing him and he's getting the guys behind him again. But I don't really, I think it's just going to be downhill from here. Personally, for me, um, you know, I, I fully agree with you. And I think we can even take it back to, you know, post-Fergie, you know, we're looking at the uh, Louis van Gaal era, which was also strange. And one yeah. of the first signings that he made that was kind of like indicative of his whole transfer market fiasco was Schweinsteiger a few yeah. years ago. Yeah, which interesting. Which yeah, how old player. was he, like 34, 35? Yeah, Jeff. And, and you know, he was a proper player in his day. I mean, this is a German international, Bayern Munich player. This is obviously a guy, you know, who yeah, could play. Quality. But, yeah, quality. And he just wasn't, you know, you know, a, a fit for the Manchester United mold. Another one was uh, Memphis Depay. And, you know, the whole, we can go on and on and on. Marshall, you know, who was, who's been built to be the best player in the world for the past <laughs> decade. <laughs> yeah, but next, he, this fool even has a, as a uh, Belonda or clause, like if he's like he's never going to win the Belonda or like even yeah. Jorginho um, has a better chance of him. And that just shows you how ludicrous the whole voting is. We all know it's just a pissing contest between Messi and Ronaldo. It's always been, it's always going to be for the time that they play. But why right now, I'm thinking, and this is my synopsis the reason United is this bad, it's not necessarily about Ole because at this level, we also, you know, and Roy Keane speaks about it a lot, you know, the players need to take responsibility. Yeah. Also. You know, how much can a manager actually do? The thing is, uh, Andreas and Jeff, the thing is, 90% of that team is not Manchester United quality. Straight. Yeah. But Tomane is not a top six midfielder. Fred is not a top six midfielder. I mean, you've got Ronaldo in the front, but, you know, who's going to feed him? You can't just be playing Fernandes and... And 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 Ronaldo and that's it. Hoping Maguire, magic happens, you know? Yeah, exactly, Jeff. Maguire, I mean, come on. I, I watched that game. I watched the highlights again. Some of those mistakes were Sunday league football, not somebody you're paying 200, 250 yeah. a week. Like, that's unacceptable for Manchester United. And even, I would say, for a Premier League club, you cannot do that in the Premier League. I mean, if you if you look at the at the centre-back pairings of the past, the, the United team has been built on solid centre-backs. You think of uh, you know Ferdinand and Vidic. I mean, Vidic, at that, yes. at that at that time, that's what Man United has been built on. You know, you mm. had Van der Sar in goal, who was b better than average. I would say De Gea is better than average, but Extreme, you yes. know, you have you have the solid centre back pairing, and I just feel that you know Harry Maguire makes way too many mistakes, and you can't you can't be a defender that you, you know you try and make up for the fact that you've got frailties at the back by scoring the odd headed goal. Um, your main job as a defender, and that's what you should it's be a doing. Defend. That's no, a defend. For, for me, Maguire is not even in the top. I would even put Phil Jones ahead of him. By no, ben, ben me from Burnley, I think, is a, yeah, a solid no, definitely. I, I've, seen, I've, I've seen better reserve players um, in, in some of the other teams. Look, if you're looking at somebody like, take Ruben Diaz, City, right? Different league. You take uh, Christensen, Zuma, um, Let's even take Thiago Silva in his prime, not in his prime, but you know, in his uh, it's class, twilight it's class. Yeah. class, you know, 
Um, I'm not exactly sure who's talking and fielding at the moment, but no, mates, don't they... even go there. We've got <laughs> the, don- the donkeys that are Davidson, Sanchez, <laughs> Eric Dyer, and you know, uh, I still mess. take Eric Dyer, Ex- except I for this Varane. I, I think, I think, uh, yeah, he's, he's going to he's going to do some decent things. I'm not I'm not convinced by uh, Emerson Royal. I was a huge Kieran Trippier fan, even though he was he was a bit frail at the back. I I, I felt like he he offered us something, um, and he just kept on running. But um, yeah, let's see, let's see. We we we're pulling the us card. Yeah, everybody knows who we support, which is great, yeah. I suppose. Um, yeah, so, for me, uh, you can. You can even look at at Arsenal. Like, okay, beginning of the season, very, very bad, but they pull it back. And even yeah, Ben, they. even I'll take Ben White from that came from Brighton to them. Brighton, no, fifty, yeah. fifty even, odd million, yeah. I'll take Gabriel uh, after this. The the thing, the people at United is playing now. It's just crazy. Yeah. But I think, I think you know, on a secondary note, I think. There are a few, uh, like, you know, a topic we're going to discuss later, obviously, Cricket South Africa. There's a similarity that I think is very prevalent in, you know, the CSA organization as well as the Manchester United Football Club. Um, Let's just talk about earlier the year when this whole protest was going on and they stormed the club and the Glazers and the fact that, you know, the Americans don't know how to run, you know, they don't understand football. And I remember... Neville speaking about it a few months ago. I think it was Neville. Um, and they were talking about the Glazers. And, you know, these Oaks, you know, they know how to make money. It's not, yeah. it's not make bad mistake, but they understand the, they misunderstand the ethos of a game and, you know, what the supporters want. And, like, they, they fail to realize that this is not NFL or baseball. You know, this is football. It's a different, it's a different beast. But, one thing, uh, Peter Drury mentioned this in, in the Manchester United versus Liverpool game, and he was mentioning that, you know, when I think it was 4-0 halftime, never in United's history have they been 4-0 down in the yeah. modern Premier League from 1992. So we're talking, I'm 28 right now, so that's 27 years, no, 28, uh, 29 years of Premier League history, never before. I mean, that's a few thousand games. Yeah. So, and he mentioned that, Inevitably, the whole Mourinho 2013 comparison was going to be drawn here. You know, how much time will he be will he be granted? And it also makes me think about a Mourinho comment from a few years ago where he was saying, look, guys, you know, you're laughing at me, but I came second with this United team. And that was the best I think, you know, this team can do. And to be honest, Andreas and Jeff, you know, this team right now is struggling to um, will struggle to reach the top six. I honestly, I, I don't see them competing for the top four. And I think, you know, opposing teams will come to them and will think, hey, we're getting three points at Old Trafford. That's it. And yeah, we're I coming mean, for you. Yeah. We're coming for you. Yeah. And it's the club is being run. I mean, not wrong, but that elite mentality, that cutthroat mentality where you say, hey, enough. It's almost like a Roman Abramovich thinking, if you don't win 100% of your games, you're done. We get the, new, the next oak in. Like, yeah. you know, this Norwegian oak now, lacquer. But, hey, but, you know, this is not, it, this is not mold. This is Manchester United, one of the biggest yeah. football clubs in the planet. And you need to get results. Yeah, yeah you, can't, you, can't be, you can't be losing to young boys. I want to no. put, put a question to you. How does, how does the mindset and 
the perceived arrogance of uh, Cristiano Ronaldo being this huge player. How does he fit and how does he contribute to the general psychology of that dressing room? How do you think mm. that? How do you think well, that? Well, I does? think yes. he, was, he was brought in to bring up the mentality. But if you look at people's psychology, if you are one guy amongst, if you are one elite guy amongst a lot of, I don't want to say leaders, but average, average people, I can say it like that. Because let's be honest, most people, I would say Greenwood and yeah, Greenwood basically, except Greenwood and Greenwood and Rashford at United, most of them are average players. They won't even make some average squads. But except for them, and then okay, add Fernandez there. Except for them, um, he's the only one with I'll say elite mentality. He's the only one that will still keep running at let's say minute 70 or 88 still try to bang in a goal for his team because as we know he always gives his all on the pitch and i think he's been more pulled down than he's lifting up the the rest of the players do you think he deserved a red card for his crazy action on saturday no because he kicked the ball what what, what are you going to do you're a football player that guy he just laid on the ball why is he laying? Okay, on the but but so he's lying on the ball, and the ball is basically there to kick out at him. I I get yeah. the ball. Uh, Andreas, <laughs> I would like to remind you of uh, I think it was 2012 or 2013. Uh, Eden Hazard versus not Stoke. It was one of these smaller teams. Similar situation, and the ball boy was delaying the ball in a very similar manner. He also kicked out to him. Very similar red card. So. It's okay, but there's, there's for me there's a difference. I also heard the commentators talk about that. For me, there's a kicking a guy who's just helping out at the football field. That's unacceptable. It's not yeah. like he's a player or anything. But that guy, I can't. I think it was Jones. Curtis Jones, but, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, Curtis Jones. He was literally laying on the ball. The ball was there. He's just stopping the play there. It was mm. unnecessary for him to do. I mean, you're already 4-0 up. Why do you have to delay the game? It's like yeah, that's what I'm thinking as well. And I think you know, as a as as a so-called rugby oak, like I play when I play football, I play with that rugby mentality. Imagine that. It's like in rugby. it's weird, bro. In rugby, you, you you don't do that kind of stuff. You're gonna get slapped yeah. like straight away. And I feel like a lot of the time, the when you play when you play football with a rugby mentality. You realize there's a hang of a lot of arrogance that goes on, Definitely. and I think I know you. I, I know you mentioned that you know Ronaldo gives us all and stuff, but I watched him. I watched him in when they were I think three four nil up. He would just sweep a ball to the outside. You know somebody's going to make a crazy run to try and get the ball before it goes out of play. Yeah, that, that... and he just like throws his arms like this. He's he he did the first time in a long time I've seen Ronaldo pretty much give up. He's like, I'm, I'm yeah, alone. No, like, there's only so much I can do. He's giving. He's he's basically coming down to the average players level, whereas he was actually brought in to pick up the player level. Yeah, but you no, can do that much. You can only do. You can't do more than that. No, look, I firmly agree. The thing is, you know, Ronaldo, you know, since the Sporting Portugal move in 2003 when he came to United, he's always been surrounded by world-class players. Yeah. 2008 yeah. Champions League, Bologna, or, you know, um, you know, he was just hot. And then, obviously, the Real Madrid move, and we all know what happened then, and just, you know, this guy um, just catapulted into 
you know, the stratospheric heights, obviously five below north or, you know, four after that. But now you're playing with these average oaks, like, and they don't deserve to be on the field with Ronaldo, but it's like Jeff said, I think it's, it's, it's kind of coming to this realization that, hey, you know, I'm just Ronaldo. You know, if you put Messi in that team as well, he'll struggle because football is a team game. Yeah, and, and, you know, this isn't Sunday league. If mm. you don't consistently feed him and give him the ball, it's not like the Oaks are just going to be like, oh, well, it's Ronaldo. Like, we're not going to tackle him. I mean, look at that time he kicked out to Curtis Jones, Jordan Anderson, which is a bit of a, I'm going to call him a tap at Oak, but, you know, he came <laughs> up to him and he was like, bang, he was hitting him and yeah. pushing him. And those Oaks are ready for a fight. But now the thing is, and I'm, I, I don't know, I just have to say it in Afrikaans, like, because the English language is not expressive enough to truly attempt my feelings. The reason why United is struggling at the moment is because they're well, it's a cock spun. Hmm. Cock players, cock mentality, cock coach. Yeah. That's it. Barring Ronaldo and Fernandez, that's it. That's yeah. why we're going to get stuck. That's why, you know, we obviously get clopped a few times this season. And this is not the first time. City, Chelsea, Liverpool. Wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if United get whacked five again. I just yeah. wouldn't. Because if Liverpool can put five past United on Old Trafford, Jeff, yeah, like what do you four, think a City four nil, four nil half time or something, you know? Yeah. What, what it, it came, it, didn't it, it after half an hour. The only what reason it was eight or it wasn't ten was because mm. the second half Liverpool just decided they're gonna they pass the ball around. Just play. They just played around. I've got a question for you, Abs. I guess we should probably move on to the next segment because, you know, we could keep on uh, talking about United. Um, <clears throat> Pogba, right? Oh, goodness. Thanks okay. so much. He's gone. He can he can move in the season. He can go you for... Know, always, I remember when Pogba came, to, Pogba came to United and they had, like, this Pogba bit emoji on the, the billboards and it was just so much hype. But you know what? They have been uh, average midfielders, you know, coming from clubs like West Brom and Stoke and Southampton, but have been consistently um, putting out better stats. James Ward-Prowse. Yes, James Ward-Prowse, <laughs> one of England's best midfielders. Excellent example, Jeff. He's better than Pogba. Like, Pogba is a poor man's James Ward-Prowse. And, you know, that sounds ridiculous. But it's always with the hair and always with the style and always with the Instagram. But whenever it really comes down to, hey, you know, let's let's see why United pay this amount of money for me. Oh no, sorry, he's like the Balotelli of the midfield. But my man, I've seen Paul Pogba actually boss a game, and for yeah, France, same. he bosses he games. You and know? Juventus, like many. But years now, ago. how come? How come these Oaks cannot? The cannot thing get is, the consistency right can, now? How does it happen? United, he will never because Fernandez. The chance he had to play attacking midfielder. Went out the door when Fernandez walked into the door. That's when he had the chance to play there, and that's when he when he flourishes. If he's in an attacking position, but look where United plays him. They play him defensive midfield, or they play him out on the wing, things like that. He the reason why I said thanks so much he's gone because he is a very toxic player if he's if it doesn't fit him, and now he can go play football again and stop being the point of attack for every fan. And on Sunday, uh, they said Ole sen sent him in and he asked him specifically, don't get sent off, don't go do anything stupid, 
What's the first thing he does when he gets on the pitch? He flies in both feet onto a player. That's mm. on, and that's a red card. And that's a red out, card for bottom game. Suspended yeah, for red card. A bit softer, for yeah. So for me, and what about let him go? He, he's out of the United lock, locker room. I do believe he's one of he's one of the best players that there can be, but he's one of the most toxic that there can. If he's not opgepip, like we will say in Afrikaans, he he's not your he's not the player you want in your team. I know there's many players like that in soccer, like in in yeah. football, right? They, they, it seems like there's this, this ego stuff. Like yeah. you, you can, you, it's so it's so on display. Yeah. What about what about a lad like Donny van der Beek? Why is he chilling, towing bench, and Jordan so, Sancho? How much is he? How much is he gonna play? So for is me, that... the the theory that's going on about van der Beek, and I think I told you, uh, go. Yeah, I've heard about this one as well. About the winning goal he scored against uh, Oli's first the first game. Oli was in management in Mold. Uh, van der oh, Beek for the winning goal. That is but, sentimentality killing, yeah. actually. Yeah, you see, that's the thing. And now with Jaden Sancho, look, if I have Rashford, Greenwood, and Sancho, I'm benching Sancho any day of the week because, yes, you've done it in the Bundesliga, but you haven't done it in the Premier League. And you've had your starts. I mean, Greenwood, when he got his first start, he came onto the pitch, he scored goals. When Rashford got his first start, he came onto the pitch, he scored goals. He made things happen. Sancho came onto the pitch and nothing happened. So I'm gonna have to come into a I'm gonna have to come in with an uncontroversial opinion. I don't think Jaden Sancho is United material, and also I don't think he's top four material, top six actually. I think um the one thing about the Bundesliga, not in most cases, not in every case, but it's kind of like a bit of stat padding also going on. So yeah, you're coming with her flicks and the tricks and the moves and the Instagram. And I know it sounds like a ridiculous um opinion, but first, you know, just hear me out. Um, when you're playing for a club like Manchester United or any top four club for that matter, there's no time to acclimatize. You're yeah. being paid an enormous amount of money and the club needs an X amount of performance from you. Uh, uh, and and that's just not good enough. And also what I'm thinking about, uh, you know, Rashford and, and, and Mason Greenwood, um, you know, Andreas, to be honest, I didn't think Greenwood makes a cut as well, to, to be honest. I think what you're looking at when you're I mean, it's good to bleed youth and, you know, to build for the future. But if I want to put up, my question to you is, can Manchester United field a team that can, in all honesty, say, hey, we're going to the Alliance Arena and we're going to give it to Bayern Munich? Is that possible? What do you not, think, Jeff? Not at the moment. Hey, I don't know, man. I, I, I just... I just see too many individuals in in in, mm, in, that, in that team especially. I just see too many individuals. Look, man. if we get, if and we then get, you've got you've yeah. got Oaks who don't want to pass to another player yeah. because you know some personal got reason some personal. or he touched me a wrong way or you know nonsense, man. It's a team game for goodness' sake. Like mm. pass the ball, play, play as a team, be hungry. Like honestly, before um, this season, I can't understand it. Greenwood. Would he would take his shots, but he would also pass to the to the center forward. Now this season, it's like he's Ronaldo is there, so I'm not going to pass to him for some kind of reason. There's been a few times where Ronaldo was wide open in front of goal. Fernandez was wide open in front of goal, and Greenwood would just go for the shot himself, although he was in a far worse off position than them. So my, my uh, question for Jeff is, uh, as a resident English speaker here, um, yes. 
Does the expression too many cooks spoil the broth apply to the Manchester United situation? Yes, I would Is say so. I would say so. Yeah. I mean, there needs to be there needs to be definitive leadership. I mean, if I think of the Man United team, I'm like, who's who's actually the captain? Mm. <laughs> Who, yeah, who is it? Maguire has the band, but he's, who not, is it? he's not a leader. Maguire, Maguire is the band, has the band, but he makes the most obvious fundamental mistakes. Yeah. And if you're gonna, if you're gonna grab the armband as a, how are you grabbing that armband away from a Fernandez or a Ronaldo? How is that mm. happening? Why is why is Ronaldo not walking into that team and just being like, okay, Jurgs are gonna follow me now? It's Ma Manchester. Here. Manchester United is in a bit of a doldrum. Just give me the armband, Yokes. Listen to what I say, and let's do this thing. You know, it's it, when 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 people are in the in in the pits when the team is down, you need mm. someone to have that authoritative leadership to no, say, "Listen, it's time to go." And Ronaldo comes into the team with this hype, with this with the so-called elite mentality, get rid of the coke, bring on the water kind of vibe. You know, mm. so why why can he not bring those people together? Yeah. And and I think yes, absolutely. Too many cooks. How much control does Ole have? You know, uh, how much how much control do the Glazers have? What? How? Where does that come into the whole story? So I do think yes, absolutely. They need a bit more authoritative leadership to pull them out of the yeah. out of the depths that they're in at the moment. No, look, I firmly I firmly agree with it. I think it's kind of like if you look at any of these, um, you know, we can speak about the Invincibles of two thousand and four. We can speak about, you know, United, Manchester United, you know, um, here in, in the Roy Keane era. And Chelsea, obviously, with the um, Carvalho, Terry, um, Lampard, Czech, Lampard. And you can see with all these teams, albeit Chelsea or Liverpool or, or City or even United, you know, it's this core group of players, the spine mm. of, of players. And currently with United... I see a lot of money on the bench. I see a lot of, you know, strike power. But I'm looking at it and it's like Jeff said, there's no coherency, you know. Yeah. What are they going to do? What can they do? And it's almost like the team is, you know, keenly aware of the fact that Maguire, you know, something is not right there. And, you know, I've never seen Ronaldo give up. And effectively, his body language, I saw way too many mm. drop shoulders. And I'm sorry for 250,000k a week. I don't want to see your shoulders drop. I yeah. don't want to see it. And I think the final thing for me about this whole United debacle was, uh, and you know, I love football. I'm assuming like the two of you as well. Like it's a no, no game on this planet. I think for me has the ability to invoke such emotions, and it's just, you know, it's for me the greatest invention of mankind. To be honest, I'm not even being, I'm not exaggerating here. <laughs> I truly think it is. It's it's transcendent, but. I've been following football for the past 19 years of my life, you know, ab avidly, religiously. I have never seen an Old Trafford walkout. I've never seen it. Yeah, I have yeah. never seen it. Not even with Louis van Gaal. Not even with Louis van Gaal. No, I mean, Louis, you know, he just passed a bit backwards and sideways, but you know, at least Louis, he came through with a win every now and then. How, how, how are you going, uh, going Louis van Gaal and not David Moyes? Was he not worse? Ah, Is yeah, David, David Moyes, Moyes not yeah. worse. We forgot about that one. Oh, then I'll <laughs> we LVG. Don't, we don't want to remember that one. Uh, let's not talk about... Uh, um, yeah, but yeah, we, we, we've, we've got to half, halfway the, of the yeah, podcast. Yeah, let's move there. on we need to, to move the... On. Yeah. Okay. All right. Jeff, you. So, 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 firstly, firstly, we, wow, 
we have to look at CSA, I think, Cricket mm. South Africa. Yeah. And we have to say to them, you Oaks can't plan a piss up in a brewery in Ireland on St. Patrick's Day. Because for goodness sake, you knew that this that the Black Lives Matter stance is going to come into the spotlight. You knew that before mm. the Oaks got onto the plane. So how come now all of a sudden, you know, you shift the goalposts one game in where you get a little bit about- of social media backlash and you, uh, Oaks are doing different things. Some guys standing, some guys kneeling, some Oaks left fist, some Oaks right fist, mm. you know. And now it looks like you you think now it makes you look bad. So now you issue a blanket directive, bang, everybody bang. must take a knee. And yeah. then and tell him and an then, hour before the game. Exactly. The Oaks, on the, the Oaks on the on bus the now all of a sudden, uh, bang. ping pong, uh, have a nice day. You must take the knee. Mm, all these guys who believed before that their own personal choice was respected. And, mm. we, you know, this is a whole multifaceted debate. And I don't want people it listening... Is. The people listening to say, no, these Oaks are racist or these Oaks don't like BLM or not. No, that's incorrect. The, the, the thing is, if, if, if your signal or your stance is an authoritative directive from an admin body, it means mm. nothing because it does not Stopping. come out of your own free will. You're yeah. basically doing it to save your job. And what, and what Quentin de Kock had to do was say, listen, I'm sorry. I'm backtracking on my so-called uh, solid stance and I'm, I'm just going to go with the flow because I actually want to play cricket for South Africa. And I, I, I feel like he didn't want to end up in the wilderness like he's seen what's happened with Faf Duplessis and all that. So he, didn't, he wanted to still play for South Africa. And, you know, I salute him for that. I salute him for the fact that he wanted a personal choice in the beginning. And if he chose to apologize because he realized that, you know what, I need to get back into the team. I've got a lot to do at the World Cup on the cricket field. Then I salute him for that as well. So there's so much more to this debate than, you know, the the one-sided narrative that seems to be pushed one way or the other by white people and by black people on the internet. Yeah, for me, it's just like, if you believe in something, then you have to, like I always tell people, I won't kneel, I won't touch my heart, anything like that bunch of nonsense and excuse if I step on some toes, but why must I do a certain gesture to show I support something as common or as something that you have to support or something as you, you decent as humanity? Why must mm. I show I, I support humanity in all mm. races, all shapes, all sizes? Why can't I just be a person who goes out every day? I love my, my fellow human. Whether you're black, pink, yellow, blue, doesn't matter to me. You're a person, you haven't done me any harm, I'm not going to hate you. And sometimes, yeah. if you're lucky enough, my wife will talk me out of hating you, even after you've, after you've flipping uh, armed me. Done something stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, look, I, I think, I think of this whole thing, you know, as soon as an organization, you know, pulls, you know, this pseudo-fascist move, and it's like Jeff yeah. said, if, if somebody is telling me to do something unless or otherwise you're done, I mean, like, hey, okay, cool, you know, I smart my money. Um, I want to get paid. <laughs> yeah, I'm bending the knee. But then it just becomes a token gesture. And, yeah. you know, it kind of it kind of takes away from the purpose. So, you know, for me, I don't really like to, you know, to debate or, you know, touch these political opinions because, 
Um, politics is kind of like it all depends on which side of the fence you're on. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. listening to the podcast, you know, BLM an important matter, but for me, I don't know enough about it. Um, not out of a point of ignorance, but it's almost like I I tend to shy away from it because obviously you've got various right wing uh, perspectives, left wing perspectives, centrist perspectives, and it's kind of you know. It's very difficult, but what I do know is, is that the South African Constitution, what is enshrined in it, is that no individual can be forced to do anything. And this is a point that was recently brought up uh, by this prominent lawyer group who came to Quinton's, um, you know, possible defense and said, hey, whoa, look, you can't be saying this because this is not China, this is not North Korea. Uh, freedom of expression. It's still and, a uh, thing. But it's, <laughs> yes, it is. It's it's a fundamental hallmark of mm. democracy and South African democracy. The freedom of expression, obviously, not not limited to hate speech or limited to hate speech. But for me, I have to be able to say what I want to say and do what I want mm. to do. Mm. And you know, coming with this blanket directive. More than that, let's just shift the politics aside. The incompetency of CSA to come out of this. It's almost like you see something happening, you're like, okay, we need to do this as well. And yeah. where's the planning? Where's the insight? And I'm thinking, you know, obviously the, the big boys at CSA, um, do, are they making sober decisions? And it just screams incompetence. It just screams mm. incompetence. But now let's talk about but performance. But the uh, thing is, oh, yeah. but but the thing is, when it comes to CSA, competence has never meant anything, because they're more interested in number one, the racial makeup of the squad, you know, how many of this race and how many of that race. Winning the, winning the tournaments and being competent on the field is a secondary thing. You know, it's about representation. Never mind, never mind the fact that they that they failed to grow the game. Uh, steadily yeah, enough in the, in the grassroots level, and you're pulling the black players. You're pulling went to Kez, you know, in the in the case of Rapada, or went to Hilton in the case of Ngidi. And if you're going to tell me that those are now quota players and those Oaks are you know <laughs> underprivileged, sorry, that's that's a uh, piece of old tackiest nonsense. Top class you know. schools. So yeah, I mean, you know, so so CSA itself, I think, is a little bit rotten. I mean, you have, you have the Oaks at the top, um, you know, Graham Smith, et cetera, et cetera. And when you appoint a coach like Mark Boucher in the manner that he was appointed mm. without being super transparent and acting with super integrity, you know, people are going to start asking questions. Then there's the Enoch and Queer you know, the, that mm. debacle. There's the fact that a coach like Jeffrey Toyana, who's been smacking the performances out for so long, and 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 that other chap from the Titans, his name escapes me now, but they've been, they are black coaches, and where have we ever seen a prominent black coach? And now, what, 27 years into, into, into you know, this transformation era. So I think, you know, CSA has got this, this political narrative, that is pushed by, you know, the sports minister, who's another um, piece of work. But, you know, you've got that. Plus, you've got the nepotism from, mm, from, from the Oaks, like, 
the Oaks like Graham Smith, who's now who was brought in as the savior after the corruption. And so the whole thing is just we could go on and on and on moaning like, about it, but it's the it's whole great. thing is rotten. And it's needs like to get Graham through. Smith, Joe Colors, and Boucher. You know, I it's mean, kind of come like on, old boys, old boys club. Now, Colors is a brilliant player. Yeah, he's a, Boucher he's was a, a brilliant keeper, and Smith as well, but. That doesn't necessarily translate to a leader of an organization. Just no. because you know a bit of cricket Palace doesn't was mean never you know captain. how to run the organization. No, absolutely yeah. not. And just because you can you can play cricket and run a team doesn't mean you can run a business. And no, essentially, it's a, it's that's what CSA is supposed to be. Yeah, but now I think the main thing for me is, um, you're right, Jeff. Since 1992, I think looking at 2018, uh, Rossi taking over the Springboks. No, I think Rossi, I think he taught us all a lesson in terms of, you know, transformation. and Absolutely. Um, to be able to see now that individuals like Lacanio Arm, Sia Kulisi, uh, Bongi, you know, these black players, you know, they're not, they're not token players. They're not quota players. Not a chance. These are some of the best players on the planet. Yeah. Out of 7.7 .7 billion people, these are some of the best oaks to walk the planet in terms of, you know, playing rugby. And, you know, that's just great to see that, you know, you have, that's kind of like the whole transformation idea to be able to say, hey, sure. you know, let's field a team that that, that's reflective of our demogra demography. But with cricket, it's always felt like you've had to push it in. And, yeah. um, and also, since 92, it's just been mediocre. Yeah. And the mentality, the choking thing, we don't even talk about that. I just feel right now I've been watching cricket since 2003. I've never seen a, I've never seen a, a, field, a, a team as weak as this field in my life. I've never seen a team this weak. And, you know... I oh, you know, look, I, I, my, my loyalty for the, for the South African cricket team is just... It's, it's, it's something that I've, I've tried to be cynical, my man. I've, I've, I really have. And I just I see Aiden Markram boss the 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 innings like he did the other night, and I I have hope. I don't know why they just give me hope, and I know that I can just watch David Miller come off again, and I'll get hope. But for me, it's like there's there's that that grit is gone. That grit is not there. The Gary Kirsten, you know, the Gary Kirsten mm. just doesn't matter what. You, I will, I will bat ugly, but I will make runs. Mm. You know, that's what matters is I make runs. And then also, I mean, we have to remember that cricket is an expensive game. Cricket is expensive. Rugby, what do you need? You need yourself, your physicality, all of that you can work on. That's and you need it. a pair of rugby boots. In cricket, the kit is expensive. And then, you know, you might get a sponsor here or there. And then, you know, the Oaks share. And then things go missing and it's 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 an issue. So the fact that it is expensive, I think, has led to us not producing quality black batsmen. Why is it that Temba Bavuma has become the only quality black batsman that we have? Why why have you know someone like Akaya Zondo? Why does he get like one game and then you know he's gone? You know, and 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 yet you have Heinrich Klaassen, who can bat, you know, as well as I can in the middle sometimes. And then he's here, he's there again the next game because so-called he can keep. Then he misses the sitter. Yes, uh, yo, I was mal. Anyway, I'm not a huge fan of Klaassen. <laughs> yeah, it's that's besides the point. Yeah. The point is we haven't been churning out black batsmen because I feel cricket is expensive and grassroots is not, you know, accentuated yeah. enough.
But I guess that that just comes back to the whole CSA thing because correct. If you look at if you look at any sport, albeit rugby, football, cricket, where grassroots sport is strong, club level, it's strong yeah, on like school the level. level. Yes, and even lower. Um, yeah. well, not lower than school level, but then you'll see a strong national side because you've got like, an abundance of talent. Look at Look at rugby in SA. You know, you've got varsity cup. You've got club rugby. You've got um, oh. what it, Craven Week. I mean, every year we just keep on churning out school derbies. So yeah. many just, school yeah, derbies, school pulling derby. more than pulling more than the provincial games. In terms yeah, of no, numbers. we just you know getting these monsters every year, and it's just mm. like this rugby factory. But cricket, you have to look at CSA. You have to look at the administrators of the game, and you have to blame the fingers rather than because. As an African fan, as an African uh, passionate Proteus fan, this is not acceptable. Mm, this yeah. is a this is a team that is a, that has a proud and rich history, and the South African Proteus team or any South African sporting team is supposed to be a team of excellence. Now, um, obviously inclusive, definitely, but a weak South African team is unacceptable. We're not Nigeria mm. or some small country, or you know some. Cayman Islands country. or something, yeah. Cayman Islands or something. Nothing against Nigeria. And obviously, decent footballers and not too bad. But this is not acceptable. Yeah. These performances are not acceptable and not for the, the money that these guys are being paid. And as an African, I'm tired of seeing like the inevitable collapse. And then, oh, okay, what can we can do? Sure. Let's let's, ha- let's stand around the fire. Let's talk. Let's have some Zoom meetings. Um, but I want to see performance. I want to see semi-finals. I want to see finals, and I want to see, you know, <laughs> yes. And I'm sorry, you know, this loss against Australia again. It's just not good enough. It's just, it's just not, it's not good enough. We can come up with excuses and this and that, but it's not good enough. It's not yeah. good enough for the Proteas, and it's not good, good enough for international level. And if we're looking, uh, myself and Jeff, we were watching, you know, Oz versus Sri Lanka, I think, last night. You know, yeah. proper game. I mean, you've got a few Oaks who are hitting the ball very nicely. And I'm thinking, you know, Sri Lanka's not going to win this tournament. Australia's not going to win this tournament. But I'm looking at Pakistan and India. And I'm thinking, where's our Virat Kohli? India where's got smacked, bro. Ten wickets. Pakistan I, I is know. hot. Pakistan, Pakistan is hot, is hot right, right now. now. But like, where, Jeff, Andreas, where is our Virat Kohli? Where's our mm. world-class player? Mm. Where's our talisman? We, mean, don't have, we don't have we don't have the O's who are consistent. Quinton de Kock is 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 unfortunately one dimensional. He's one dimensional. If you if you bowl if you bowl pace at him, you give him width, or you bowl it on his legs, you're out of here. But if you and come, about- if you see him coming in and you bring on your best right arm off spinner, you're gonna get him out. And the thing about Quinton is, is that also, or you just make it for- difficult to score runs, then he's yeah, you poke him down. Run. Like you said, yeah. he doesn't have that grit that when it gets ugly, he also needs to get ugly with yeah. them. Yeah. And Quinton has, has previously admitted as well, you know, he doesn't really do too much research before playing. He just comes I in. Jules. He jolts. I jol. I, he just jolts. He comes in and he's like, listen, I'm going to clap it here. And when he gets off, you know, he's unstoppable. It's beautiful. But with Quinton, you never know. You can get a 10 from him. You can get a 60. Or Henry, he's undeniably talented, but he just plays the way he plays. He's kind of like a, a, the South African Shahid Afridi in a certain sense. Yeah, in a sense he, he is. He comes in, and whether you're 34, 
for six or a hundred for four, he doesn't care. He's not going to bat slow. Look at him in test cricket. Might be blocking the first two or three balls, getting my sights in, and then done. It's coming. You know, you just know that six coming. It's either a six yeah. or it's a stumping. It, it's just, it's coming. You just know it. Um, but look, you know, besides Quinton, um, look, I just think as a Proteus fan, these performances since 2019, or actually since mm. 2015, uh, let's not even talk about Abbott Gates and, you know, obviously what happened there, but there's like there's been this irreversible decline in the quality of South African cricket. And I think it's a multifaceted problem. You know, it's corruption in the CSA, it's grassroots development. But mostly, I think I'm looking at this Proteus team right now. Let's take the batsmen. Let's take the um, let's take the, um, the bowlers out of the equation. Let's take color out of the equation. Statistically speaking, in my personal opinion, barring Quinton de Kock, I don't think any of those batsmen are talented enough to play T20 cricket at this level. To be honest, or wow. comparative, comparative wow, that's a, to that's the, a big statement. What about comparative to the, Comparative to their international counterparts, I don't think so, and I think so. You're gonna, um, you're gonna, you're gonna equate like a Marcus Stoinis and like a David Miller, and you say I'll take Stoinis any day of the week. David Miller shouldn't be there. no, no. I'm thinking, I'm talking about if we're looking about like the twelve teams in the World Cup. I'm thinking that would any of these batsmen. Barring Quentin de Kock on a just on a talent basis and his performance over the past twelve months, would any of these batsmen reach a top six team on form or on talent? And I don't think so, Jeff. Honestly, I don't think so. I just don't think so. I think Miller has been a case of you know he's come he's come through against Bangladesh and Zimbabwe, but I've just seen too many cases where when push comes to shove, it gets a little bit hot around the collar. Mm. And inevitably, look, I don't be, I don't want to be cynical here. No, I love it for Tias, but I just don't see the quality in the team. And it's not about a color thing. I'm mm. seeing the Oaks aren't good enough. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think, you I think, you know, you know, I, I, you know, there's this issue of BMT. And I know what you mean, you know, yes. like in the clutch, in the clutch games, you want, yeah, you well, want the Oaks to grip the game, forgive my expression, but by the balls. You just want yes. the Oaks to. To get on top of the bowler, come come in at the beginning of the innings and just decide. Right, that's it. I've had enough. Now yeah. we're not going to be puzzling here. The five, six, and over. I'm going to go in the pile play. We're going to lose one wicket, and I'm going to club eight and nine and over. You know, yes. that's that's the kind of dogged mentality that you want, and you're not going to get that by nerd Bavuma. You're only going to get that from a decock. You might get that from a Markram. Um, so I think also when you start to collapse, when you lose one or that becomes two, becomes three wickets, now all of a sudden in the past, the Proteas have just gone to pot. It's just, that's it. We're done. Mm. We, put, we put up 120 and we hope for the best. We've like never, what happened never... in, in Australia. It's never like, okay, I get to 30 for three. Somebody comes in, messes around and makes it 50 for three. And then, you know, turns the whole innings around and we post 160, 170 and win the game. So... That's that's where it needs to happen. Once once opponents get under our skin, somebody in the middle order needs to stand up and say mm. to me and no further, I need to turn this innings no, around. And I that hasn't can, happened I, enough. I think I can revise my opinion. It's not that the individuals aren't talented. You know, obviously this you know these oaks can obviously hold the willow. But two things. I think Bavuma has effectively been thrown to the wolves because 
he doesn't. This is a, a transitional team, very much so. Um, do I like Pabuma at opening? No. I would preferably have him about at four. Uh, I think Pabuma as an anchor is a lot better, is a, is a better choice than as an opener, yeah. in my personal opinion. I like Pabuma in the middle order, rather. But once mm. again, just my personal thinking. But, Jeff, you just hit it on the head. It's a BMT. The Oaks can play. They've showed it before. But when it comes to these truly clutch moments, I'm sorry, the Oaks just start choking. I mean, we can look at 2015, the World Cup. Dumini's dropped catch. And when the rain comes, boys, you know, when the rain comes in a semi-final, oh, it's just, it's Africa kind of like it's cursed. Just doesn't love South Africa. Yeah, like with the rain That's Pollock. Comes, that time. When, when was it? 2003 against yeah, Sri Lanka yeah, when Pollock had yeah, the wrong Pollock message. Oh. Yeah, about, <laughs> we were talking about last night, the DLs. Yeah, the, I remember that. But, but look, um, I might be wrong about the Tias, and I do hope I am, but I firmly expect us to lose every game in the, in the remainder of the tournament, and convincingly so, and for two reasons. Sure. Lack of BMT and the overall lack of quality of the top six. Yeah, we have we have got we have we'll got batting They have been Bangladesh has been good, but they're, yeah. they're going to be. I mean, Bangladesh Bangladesh is not something to. It's not a. No, not I'm not, easy I'm not game underestimating them. No, I understand what you're saying. I mean, the West Indies just beat them. Their player yeah. stats look magnificent because it's been tracked since the pre World Cup tournament. The the what did they call that pre like the. No, super, that, uh, Affiliates yeah. team, what's the associates team? The yeah, so team they, still to, they still had to qualify for the World Cup, so yeah, they looked great there. I think we'll beat them and we'll give Sri Lanka a run for their money, but we're not going to beat England, uh, because England is just on another level in this tournament or for the last few years. But I, we, we won't lose every game from here, but we're not going to make the semis. That Look, I mean, that, that Shakibal Hassan from, from Bangladesh, it feels like he's been playing since I've been watching cricket. Yeah. Shakibal <laughs> Hassan. It's like Mohamed Afrin. and Rahim, yeah. the keeper. Yeah, yeah. he's been playing for years. But, you know, obviously, uh, I like Shakibal Hassan. I've seen him play masterful innings. Maybe I'm a bit too cynical about the cricket. You know, I'm one of those Patias fans when, like, you'll see when me singing down, a different tune. <laughs> Now, you'll see me singing a different tune next week. If you know, we come through with a classic victory. I was like, oh, you know what? I was a little bit too, too harsh on them. You know, maybe not too bad. But let me see. I'm also the opposite. If I lose again, I'm going to double down on it. I'm going to double down on it. But, you know, my, my final statement on the Proteas is, look, you know, as a passionate fan, I want to see the Proteas playing because, you know, it not just only means a lot to me. It means a lot to individuals watching the Proteas. Mm. Um, she has represent our best or, or yeah. should represent our best and in the country and this you know falling out of the group stages ah uh, no yeah not it's not for a I also think I also think uh, also last comment from me uh, about that is when we when we choose to um when we choose to watch we need to we need to put our our racial biases in our pocket and we need to you know not yeah, start our heart going because we look at this ex-color and we look at that ex-color and he's on mm. merit and he's you know that and start putting hateful comments on social media like i would really pe urge people to desist from that because that's that's just you know, it's, it's messy it's, it's, it's 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 you never buy you whinging and whining on on social media you're not going to change anything changes um, nothing no, it changes, changes nothing. nothing yeah anyway, definitely let's just go there quickly 
Okay. Like with the with this whole, uh, and I don't want to get back into the politics, but with this Quentin de Kock debacle, people just without hearing his side of the story. And I mean, these days that's how things are. Social media is there for your to post your opinion. No, afraid, you don't have to wait, to and you don't have to you don't have to take account. You don't have to take accountability for the comment that you left on about that player. If you met Quentin de Kock in in person. You wouldn't tell him you're a racist this and a racist that. You would keep no, your... keyboard warriors. No, yeah. it's, no it's, it's, yeah, it's about cowards behind the things that he, he's done for South African cricket has just been thrown yeah. out the window because now he no. didn't take a knee. Well, I'm sorry, I never no, you know, winning a cricket game on a knee. Unless you're able to win at six, but yeah. Oaks talk, Oaks talk very big on, on internet, on Twitter, you know, it, and it's toxic, you know, but I, I think I've spoken to Jeff about this as well. Um, are you that brave in real life? Would you tune me that as well? Would you tune yeah. Quentin? Hey, look, if you were, yeah, sure, why not? But these Oaks are keyboard warriors, you know, like, and not just, I tell and you. look, I don't want to talk about, like, you know, they can all just, look, Whatever, let's see. Let's hope we uh, the next game. Uh, yeah. I want to see a win, otherwise, you know, I'm just going to double down and it's just going to become more silly. You're going to have to get a new host because, like, <laughs> I guess we're going to but off. Yo, no, I can, I can get bad. Anyway, let's hit the rugby, Andreas. Yeah, what's your thinking? So, for the, the rugby this week, uh, or recently, the world rugby came out. They said Razi was right in, but it was quite on the low down, like the video also. Mm. Did. So they came out, they say Razi was right in 23 out of 26 claims. And so what, what that just shows me is that they're completely, they're not transparent, as we all know by now, because they're still mm. run by 19. Old Diamond. Yeah, still 1950, whatever, guys. Mm, old it, boys it, club. It not, it's exactly like you said with Cricket South Africa. It's the old boys coming together mm. and saying we're going to we're going to start a business if I can put it like that or we're going back to high school we're going to start a new rugby team playing for the first for the rest of our lives so no, how do you guys think they can bring in more transparency or what would you like them to bring in in the case no, of like rust I, I personally think uh, I, I read a statement earlier and, and I was quite happy to you know read that it was justifiable and say hey you know obviously uh, Rossi obviously brought a few issues to light, and then supposedly this video uh, supposedly leaked in Australia, and from mm. there it found its way to social media. And Nigel Owens also mentioned that this is not a new thing where coaches get not coaches, uh, referees get not advice, but almost like a, it's called an analysis of a yes. And he said that I think one game, you know, one oak tuned him like 46 or 48 mistakes, so. You know, obviously, that was a different type of game, but um, as a South African, and I guess, once again, the bias might come in here a little bit, I have seen way too many spring ball games since a child, since, let's say, I've been watching since 2003, where we have been on the receiving end of some shady, shady calls yeah. with absolute no recourse. I'm talking about Richie McCall. I'm talking about... Bryce Lawrence. Playing number yeah, I was talking about the fact that he's playing number nine for us. You know, he's just that offside. Um, and I'm talking about that infamous 2011 versus Australia, David Pocock. Yeah, off. that was so bad. Like, that's, that's just, like, we can go on about this. These are the only examples I can remember. I'm pretty sure you've got about 10 in your head and Jeff's got about another yeah. 10 as well. Um, 
First we need more transparency and we need to, uh, such as cricket as an excellent example, look how perfect DRS works. Mm. In, in rugby, you're not supposed to, to make mistakes. And look at that, that Lions tour. You know, obviously we won it and the performance wasn't great. But sometimes, no, not sometimes. The level of performance from that one referee, I think Nick Berry. Yeah, Nick Berry. That one test. That is not acceptable. That is just not acceptable. You can't be making 26 mistakes in one test. And then Rossi, you know, he came out and said, whoa, this is not okay. And it's good that he kind of like broke this, but he broke this Rubicon and decided to, you know, pursue this. Because the game needs to change. And we need to move away from this mentality where, oh, the referee cannot be touched. You know, bless his poor yeah. soul. And they need to be able to be criticized because... It can fundamentally change the history, not of the game, but 2007, New Zealand versus France. A ridiculous forward ball received yeah. by a friend. Score, <laughs> go. That's another example. Like, we can talk about this the whole evening, but I want to see more transparency. And I'm good South African rugby was, justif was, was justified in the decision. Because as South African supporters and as the Springboks, we've been on the receiving end of way too many calls. And I know this sounds like a biased essay opinion, and maybe it is. But I'm sorry, I've just seen way too many biased calls and way too many shoddy opinions and way too many test matches lost yeah. in critical games because of subpar refereeing. Let's, let's call it yeah. that. I think, yeah, I... I think also in, 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 the, in rugby itself, like when you play, it's, it's almost this, this appreciation for the ref where mm. you have to speak to him a certain way. Yeah. Only the captain can speak to him. Otherwise, he dismisses you like a school teacher. Yeah. Or, he mm. gives, or he gives you 10 meters if he decides that you're a little bit cheeky. You know, so the, the, whole, the whole game of rugby revolves around a so-called impartial ref that cannot be questioned. So then there's got to be some kind of transparent recourse, like you say, after the game. And yeah. then the Oaks can't be sticky. Now you can't be a schoolmaster after the game when people kind mm. of objectively say, listen, can you please explain? And it comes down to the fundamental principle of how, how do people take the fact that they may have made an error? Are they willing to humbly say, uh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'm sorry, I'll make a, I'll make a change? Or am I going to be prideful and just make excuses and say, well, I'm only human, which is an excuse in itself. So, yeah. number one, there has to be better referee training and, and, and that kind mm. of thing. Yes, it's a thankless job. We understand that. Maybe they should pay them more. I don't know. It's no, a, no, no. It's, it's an thankless option. Thankless if you are a school referee. If you are a I or a world rugby referee and you're an referee. in an international match, you are not getting paid less than 200000 for that one game. 200000 okay. and you make that cock decisions. Let me just, because that, in that first Lions test, it was absolute cock decisions. If the, mm -hmm. if the guy on a couch can see that it's a cock decision, then it is just a blatant cock. Yeah, but it's, I guess it's a little bit easier just, you know, when you're sitting on the couch. It is easier on the couch. No, it's it easy is. easier on the couch. I mean, there were so many, like brandy, you know, there were so many yeah. decisions. And I mean, for me, the, the most obvious thing for Barry was the way that he treated Sia versus yeah. the mm. way that he treated Alan Wynne-Jones. Like that was, that like was the giveaway. 
Never mind whether, you know, one may have been holding on when he actually, you know, didn't release the player on the ground. That's fine. You know, those kind of things happen. But when you are so obviously in the pocket of one captain and dismiss the other one like a child, I'm sorry, mate. We're going to start to quiz. No, definitely. Because, you know, Sia Kulesi, you know, obviously it's a world-class player. But then again, he is also the captain of the Springboks. And, you know, know, we're not some small team. This is the Springboks. So... And you're in on our uh, in our territory in our country, so you know, show us some respect. You know, we're not some too big. Just as much want... as the opposition, like yeah, not exactly. less than the opposition. We're not asking exactly. for everything. Yeah, Just exactly. as much as the opposition. But you know what? I think it comes back back again to this old boys club. And what I like, and you know, Rossi is a bit of a controversial. You know, he always I yeah, remember even like uh, in his younger days when he was with, uh, on the roof. <laughs> of a roof with his flashcards, you know, man, I've got wild. But that's why we won the World Cup because he's just surprised everybody. Even the final, we came out of this expansive game plan, and everybody was expecting you know, old, boring, you know, uh, rock and ball, and let's kick it. Like he just, you know, blew us all away. But we need more transparency in the game. We've got the technology. I want to see technology being utilized more, and I want to being, I want to see it being utilized better. So, but when these mistakes come into play. Um, we can check it. So it's kind of like a VAR system in football, which is yeah, much the, maligned in the Premier League. But then again, look at how, how superbly it was used in the Euros. So it's, yeah. I think, better training. And I think might they might have to introduce changes to the game. And I know one of the main complaints is that, oh, you know, it's going to take away the turf and the flow of rugby and make it a bit slower. Um, you know what? Fine. But if I'm looking at something and I'm not sure, I want to be able to say, like, hey, let's take it up screen, and I want to see. And yeah. if it's cynical and I hit you with a yellow, that's it. But I'm sorry, I would rather waste an extra 10 or 20 or 30 seconds and make sure what's going on than making but, a you know, call do on you the not fly. But do you not think some of that technology needs to change? Because, I mean, Madosh Tambwe in that last URC game, he was blatantly eye-gouged. And mm. you know, in the in, and then it was given it was given as a double movement. It yeah. doesn't matter how many slow mos or whatever. They didn't pick up the fact that the oak put his arm around his face and put his finger in his eye, you yeah. know. And you know, White House and the TMO, they all said no, sorry, that's a double movement. Um, yeah. So how much more technology do we actually want? More and than just technology. more than just a slow mo angle. They can say, give me another view. But why, when you get another view, you just ignore everything? You just look for your decision? Like, one thing that that really annoys me about the TMO in rugby, if the ref doesn't ask the right question, he can, mm. basically, doesn't look. He can basically award the try without even having the TMO. If he asks yeah. the TMO, is there any con- conclusive evidence? I mean, what is conclusive evidence? It's like saying a double word at the same time. And it's also, they also give a benefit of a doubt. Is there any yeah. conclusive reason why I should not award, yeah. not yeah. award? And the then the other one, try it. or no try. Yeah. Try, try or no try. try. So you have I mean, to provide definitive evidence, like massive evidence that's, that it's not a try. I mean, the benefit of a doubt, it's, it's exactly the same. Uh, please correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like in cricket, the line, the signal. crease, belongs to the batsman. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if a benefit of a doubt is given, as well as in rugby, so but, it kind but, of favors... but in cricket, the, if you run out on the line, you're out, mate. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. line belongs to the fielding side. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's also yeah. That's also true. What you um, I think what you what you're saying is like the soft signal. 
for the when they go upstairs for the for the, for oh, the yes. umpire the soft, soft signal. signal they can be okay i think it's out so unless there's definitive evidence that the ball yes. bounced whatever you know then it's going to be not out otherwise it's, like it's going to be out back to the first oh, yeah. test when um they took colby out in the air and then they didn't award a try because colby knocked at the ball but oh, yeah. in the meantime no, no, the, the guy just pulled lacanio arm out of nowhere which is a penalty which should have overwritten the the on-field decision. That where they should have the ref should have been. Yeah, it's a penalty for South Africa. Something that I've also been noticing, and this is something that I've been bitching about for probably the past decade, and there seems to be no consensus in the general rugby fraternity on the planet. And I would like to know what you guys are thinking. The interpretation of a breakdown. Why? is there such a vast difference in the interpretation between the North and the South? Mm. And how do we reconcile this issue? Because it's kind of in, like the stereotype... In what sense? It. In what sense? Because the breakdown is massive. There's, you, uh, you know, from an attacking perspective, you know... Here's a... Here's a the Southern here's Hemisphere, example. okay? Here's an example. Uh, holding on. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like, you know, these stereotypes... Like when you're when you're playing a friend when you when you have a French referee like let's call Mr. Point, right? Yeah, what? Like, and you know he's keen on a red card. He's very keen on a red card. And sometimes I've just seen that in the Northern Hemisphere, they uh, it's difficult to for me now to think of a uh, a That's perfect good. example. Let me or... let me let me help you out here. So, mm. right. The Northern Hemisphere refs, what I've seen, especially the French ones, they are not quick on the whistle. Yeah. So at, at ruck time, right? Normally, if if it's a Southern Hemisphere ref and he's definitive on the whistle, if you don't beat the ruck, you know what beating the ruck is. Now, if you're a defensive team and you now you're wanting to steal the ball, you only have a split second to do it. Before it becomes a ruck, you cannot put your hands in because yeah. of penalty to you. The French refs let the Oaks go too long. So there can be three, four O's competing for the ball. It's a ruck. You may not put your hands in. So at that time, there may be one person on his feet. He may be on his feet, but it's still a ruck. You can't put your hands in. And he wasn't the first arriving player. And they, yes. they, they are so slow on the whistle that those those defensive teams end up getting that penalty because yeah. they, they're wanting to, you know, watch that play can develop and then make that call. So I, I've noticed that that difference where a guy will get away with, you know, stealing the ball over the over when it's actually a ruck and you shouldn't put your hands in. Well, I think in other case, it, uh, uh, individuals entering from the side. I mean, it's something that we, oh. that we saw in the British and Irish lives as well. And I know it's kind of, it's a very fine line that individuals walk as well because, you know, when you're hitting the collision, you're hitting the breakdown and you're coming through, um, you're supposed to enter through the gate. But sometimes certain individuals do come a little bit sideways in, not enough to be able to be called, you know, entering from the side, but also uh, not completely a, from the in the game. Yeah, it's a it's a fine line being traded. And I feel that I know obviously the, the two captains they they speak to the referee and like he tells me he's gonna interpret the game this and this and this way. But we look take twenty eleven. 2011 South Africa Stop versus Bryce Australia. Lawrence. My goodness. Bryce Lawrence. Look at that. You know, that was a that was stolen from us. That was stolen yeah. from us. Um, yeah, it was. 2015 uh, the semi final against New Zealand. 
um, you know, it could have gone our way as well. I, I don't want to bitch about that one because, you know, that's a common South African complaint. But 2011, hey, that's unacceptable. That's just unacceptable. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, remember, when, when Anoka is completely Sweden. and utterly off his feet and mm. still, you know, killing the ball or there's, there was no ways he should have been given any of the, well, I wouldn't say any, but I mean, that or the but, one specific one I was thinking of where we were pretty much camped on their line and it was match-defining, and he was nowhere near on his feet, nowhere near first arriving player, and he still got the he still got the got yeah. the penalty. Um, but uh, what I also find is is why should why should there be such a huge discrepancy between how how referees handle they the most basic be. things in rugby? They shouldn't be. I mean, be. Yeah, some, some referees in the north or in some, the south. It should just yeah, be some referees, some of will make a tackle and he's got half a second to roll away. Mm-hmm. And if he just, if he just, if he's there for like half a second advantage or mm-hmm. by the same token, the can, you can be just lying there on vacation on the other side of the ruck yeah. and get nothing. You know, so those kind of fundamentals should be mm. constant. Yeah, yes, yeah, that's more what I was talking about. Your job stays the same. Whether let's take us being teachers. If you're a teacher in South Africa or you're a teacher in Korea, you always need to give your all for the kids and discipline yeah. always needs to stay the same. You can't treat this bunch of children like this and the next bunch like this. Yeah, but just, with massive you'll differences. Have, you'll just have massive chaos in your class. If you just take something, not, I don't want to say as simple, but our jobs we can't even in a class you can't give different attention to different different amounts of attention can't even give one more sweet to the two yeah, one exactly. and another one and it's just, today it's halloween yeah on that day that was crazy but now boys i think i think it's um uh it's we should also remember it's a it's a big planet um yeah. and obviously the game of the north is a bit slower than the south in, in the south, it's a bit more expansive. We shoot the ball, we go, and you know, in, in the rainy, uh, in the rainy season in, in the UK and in Europe, you know, the game can be very slow. So I guess referees also adjust to that, and I'm okay with that. Obviously, when you're playing in different conditions, you know, the game is a bit different. That 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 applies in any sport, um, yeah. or in most sports, I think. But Jeff. And Andreas, you're both right in the sense that there are certain mistakes being made, and something that aggravates me beyond, um, you know, beyond repair, um, is that I see an individual of not not supporting his weight, kind of like playing at a 50-50, yeah. and he still has his hand. Mother, we told you the previous. Uh, the, the, um, I remember that. You know, it's it's just infuriating. He had his, he had his knees against the other player. I yeah, and when you're not supporting, you're not uh, your knee on another individual is not supporting your own weight. You need yeah. to mm. be firmly supporting your own weight. And I personally think if I had to introduce a new rule into the game, I would say it's very simple. If you try to play the ball without your uh, um, uh, without uh, you know supporting your uh, being supported on your own, yellow card straight. It's cynical yeah, because you're just support. slowing down the game. It's cynical. It's, but it's not always it's as it's not always as simple as that because sometimes no, true. No, you that is also true. But I'm talking and the guy just bumps you over and you're off your yeah. Feet. No, that's that's different. But I'm talking about being cynical. Yeah, I'm talking yeah. about putting yeah. your hand in, not and often it. often the ref will even say off off the ball or you know yeah. you'll give some command. Mm. You know, but I mean, it's just if yeah. you look at how tall that oak is, he's like uh, two meters and something. <laughs> For him to now get up and over. 
without like bending his legs like a giraffe at a water hole. You know, it's very difficult for him to steal ball. And the fact that he steals the amount that he does is testament to him. But that particular one, yeah, he he, he definitely uh, infringed. But I mean, after all, we just need to keep consistency. If we yeah, if we are if we are yeah, a ref in a game, funny if thing. we are a ref in a game and we are punishing one team for rolling away after two seconds and the other one can spend ten seconds, you know, then no, we have yeah. then we have an issue. You're absolutely right. I think. Just consistent. So what what what's good for the geese is good for the gander. I want to see a ref, and I want to see, hey, you know, the same rules being applied. If you discipline us, you need to discipline them as well, because, you know, obviously this is international sport, and you know, I would like, I guess, like any fan to be able to see a certain level of consistency. Um, you know, obviously there's always the human factor. Individuals can also make mistakes, and that's okay. I'm talking about. I think it was at Scotland versus uh, Rugby World Cup 2015. The referee ran off the field. Yes, and that was one of those calls. It's it all depends on like how you interpret the game. It's one of those very, you know, it's one of those one out of a million calls or one out of ten million. Or the Cricket World Cup final 2019, the ball off the bat running to the boundary should it be overthrown, have been awarded, should it not have been awarded. Yeah, uh, personally, I'm from a not camp. I think it was total bullshit, right? I'll be honestly speaking, I don't want to see the English win anything. I'm not a big <laughs> fan. Um, but once again, it, it, it's it's divisive. But Jeff, you're right. Andreas, you're right. We need consistency, and we need to be able to know, hey, this is how the game is going to be blown. This is what we need to look out for, and this is what the ref wants to see, because it's just infuriating seeing a ref just consistently. Just blowing, blowing, blowing. You don't know what to do. And you see the opposing team uh, get away from murder. Yeah. Right. Okay, Jake. I think that's it for tonight. Mm. If you I guys want to put some closing comments, you're more than welcome. I just, I just, yeah, on the rugby front, I just, I'm looking forward to South Africa Wales. I think uh, South Africa Wales has given us, in the recent past, has given us some, some cracking test matches. And I'm looking forward to, Looking a brandy or two. Yeah, I'll, it's like I'll a towel. It's one. like it's the spring box from the north versus the spring box from the towel. <laughs> Both ah, styles of same rugby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, no, I, I look, enjoy those clashes. Though. Yeah, I personally think the end of the year too will also be interesting. I am also the same campus JV. You know, some cracking tests. Um, I believe we should win. I'm always a uh, you know it's always good to also introduce some new blood in this end of the year. So. We'll see what um, new potential Springboks will be um, will be bleeding and seeing what we can do. Then on the uh, on the cricket front, hopefully the next time we have this conversation, I won't be as cynical and I'll be like, "Hey boys, you know we're taking it to the semis this year." You know, I could see it. We'll no, be like the English. Not. It's coming home. <laughs> it's coming home. You know, it's like you know, it's it's coming home. Um, I want to see the the Proteas improve. Um, will they? I don't know. I don't think so. I can be wrong. Finally, football. Manchester Come on, Spurs. Um, oh, my. <laughs> top, top, like right now, top six. Uh, the season is still very long. Um, but so for tomorrow, City, Friday, Spurs or United? Who's the, who's the winner there? Spurs have to take it 2-1. Oh, Spurs 2-1. I, I would be I'm just, happy with that. I'm just, I'm just, I'd take 1-1, one, one, man. The way, the way we're playing, to be honest. If you're going I'm to looking at a team in disarray. It's uh, not looking Spurs? good for them. No, I, 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 both teams are very shit. 
No, I look, think... you never know with Tottenham and of United. Well. All I know in the Premier League right now is two things. You've got City, Liverpool and Chelsea. Hot, right? Those are the Norwich teams staying down. And you guys know like the whole January 1st thing in football. Like whoever leads the league on the 1st of January wins. I think it's only been like two cases post-92 where a team has won not being first. It was City in 2012 when they won the league by being 12 points behind come 1st of Jan. And I think it was Blackburn in 96 who were the other team coming to, to win. So January 1st, oh, it's, yeah, like, uh, that's all I have. That's all I have to say. So it's going to be interesting with um, this final two straight, with this final straight to the year. Yeah, for me, uh, I'm also looking forward to the rugby and next time or tomorrow, actually, the All Blacks are playing Wales. So that will be very interesting. Scotland versus Tonga. I think Scotland will win because they're the Springboks B team anyway. So I think they'll win that one. <laughs> and then yeah, Tonga, Tonga got pumped the last time they played. And then Africa tomorrow, also hopeful for South Africa. And then on for Manchester United, I'll still be behind them, even though they've only taken one point out of the last. I don't know. Nine. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I, I we'll 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 pull it through tomorrow, but that's only because Harry Kane won't be playing a striker. He'll still be a defensive forward. And yeah, no. That's that is a defensive forward. Ask the Oak is playing. The Oak is playing as a, like a false nine at the moment. He's oh, like, oh yeah, very, like a Firmino. Yeah, like oh, Firmino. He's, well, he's very, like a very false deep. nine. Yeah, yeah, like, very oh, deep. Almost yeah, like a, right. a central attacking midfielder, but still a little bit back from that. Yeah. Oh, okay, now that's uh, um, right, now that's bizarre, boy. Uh, all right, boys, uh, have a lovely okay, evening. Then. I'm, uh, I'm evening. about to head out. All right, yeah, man. All right, cheers, guys. See you, boys, next time. Yeah. All right, okay, cool, man. Uh, like, uh, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.